On today's Locked On Royals podcast, I want to dive into something very positive, something very important. Can the Royals make the postseason next year? Can they be this year's version of the Baltimore Orioles? And can the Royals get back to postseason contention in the 2023 season? Let's imagine a brighter future coming up on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into a bright topic around Kansas City. Can the Royals... Get back to the postseason as soon as 2023. Is that a pipe dream or is there a realistic scenario for that to play out and for that to happen? I think that today will be a fun one and will be one that is very interesting. Now, I want to thank you. For making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking, of course, with the Royals baseball. Now, for your second lesson, check out Lockdown MLB or Lockdown Chiefs. Now, let, let's, let's accept where the Royals are at in reality right now, right? Coming into the year, the hope was that Kansas City could take a step in the right direction. Could show that they could be, you know, five or six games out of either the division or the wild card race. And instead, they've taken a step back a little bit. I mean, they're, they're 53 and 77 at times this year. They were pacing to be the worst team in baseball. Um, you know, they only are above Detroit and Oakland in the AL uh, in terms of the worst records in the league. Uh, but they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games. They've won two straight. They're 16 and a half back of the division, and uh, they are 18 back of the wild card. In a season in which baseball, of course, has... Uh, expanded the postseason and have more playoff teams than ever before. Uh, the, the Royals didn't take that step forward that they wanted to. And I think that they could have. But I think that, you know, we saw how checked out what Merrifield was. We saw how this group just didn't gel. And we're seeing now how this young nucleus of, you know, of a team 
has rallied around each other. It's why the Royals' record since July to now is is vastly different from what it was, you know, April to May or April to June. And so I want to compare this journey to Baltimore. And I've talked about this before in the past with Baltimore. Uh, the first time we talked about it was out of a place of jealousy where, you know, Baltimore is the dream goal of how you take that step forward out of your rebuild. The second time we talked about it was out of a place of realism in the sense of strategy. So one thing that Baltimore did this year was that they traded away Trey Mancini uh, at the trade deadline. And I mentioned how, you know, don't be surprised if next year, even if Kansas City does take that that kind of leap that we want them to or leap that we hope that they can, if at the deadline they still trade away a piece of their roster for a greater return. And, and by a greater return... Not necessarily a piece that will be better next deadline, but a piece that will be better in two years or have more team control in two years than the piece that you gave up. So the example I used was like, you know, Scott Barlow. If they trade away Scott Barlow at the deadline next year, even if they're five games out of the playoffs or four games out of the playoffs, like that would not be all that shocking to me, especially if they get back a guy who they think is going to project to be very good and, of course, have longer years of team control. And so Baltimore did that. And Baltimore... uh, of course, did that and had success, and they still find themselves um, three games back of, of a wild card spot. And that's the goal. The goal is to go from worst to playoff contention, where the where Baltimore now sits. And the reason I pinpoint Baltimore is they are three games back of the wild card race, and they play in the toughest division in baseball where they're battling the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Red Sox, you know, 16 times each. Now, granted, next year things do change. Next year there's a more balanced schedule. Next year the schedule kind of all evens out, so to say. And that will, of course, limit the Royals in the sense of they won't get to play Detroit 16 times or, or, or play the White Sox, you know, 16 times, or the Twins, or the, or, the, or the Guardians. But how can the Royals achieve that goal of, of being within striking distance of the postseason? Because I believe that what we're saying right now about the Royals is the same thing that the Angels are saying right now. The same thing that the Rangers are saying right now. The Angels are three games better uh, than Kansas City. The Rangers are five games better than Kansas City. It's what it's what the uh, Red Sox are saying right now, who are ten games better than Kansas City. All these teams are trying to make that improvement. They're trying to uh, use next year to catapult them closer to the postseason. And obviously, just by the way of math, they can't all get to that destination. So how can the Royals beef up their roster enough or get enough of a breakout, or get enough breaks to go past some of these teams? Is that even a realistic option for the Royals in 2023? And the reason that I find this so important is because, in my humble opinion, there is no greater thing in sports than a competitive summer of baseball. Look, the Chiefs winning the division every single year is so fun in football, and, and we all love watching the Chiefs football, and we love uh, our Sundays, and we love the Lockdown Chiefs podcast, and uh, you don't miss a game. It's, it's, it's a 
uh, game commitment plus the you know you know three or four playoff games that they play a year. Uh, hopefully, you know if if, uh, if the team can continue to survive in advance. We all love that, right? I mean, we love the anticipation for the next game. We love previewing it, reacting to it. Just everything about football. We love football. But there's something so unique and so communal about your team in baseball, your community's team in baseball being good, and having that constant, having that constant escape and that constant kind of safety net of every summer night. Look, every summer night, we can either get together and watch the game at your house or my house. We can either go to the ball game and have a fun outdoors experience. We can go to you know, a sports bar and watch it. You can always find an excuse in the summer each day to get together with friends or family or coworkers and watch baseball and have that personal connection. You always have that talking point with a stranger, with, again, coworkers or family or friends of, hey, did you watch the game last night? Did you see, did you see Brady Singer go off last night for seven innings of uh, one-hit baseball? How awesome did he look? You always have those sort of escapes built in each night. And even if you want to watch the games alone, you know that every single night, no matter what happened at work or what's happening within you know, your family life, you know that every single night that... You can put the TV on and for three hours, just escape. For three hours, just, you know, drift off into Rex Hudler land and just relax and, and watch the game. So, for me, I think that, you know, being good in baseball is very important and it's very um, different than any other sport. So, can the Rose get back there? Because, let's face it. In my lifetime, they've been to the playoffs twice. And they were good in 2013, you know, good enough to watch and have and have good feelings about. Good enough in 2016 to watch and uh, feel connected all season long. That's it, though. It, it, it's 13, it's, it's 14, it's 15, it's 16. And then it's been nothingness ever since. So I want to talk about how the Royals can get back to that contention and really just allow this community to embrace them again. But first, I want to say right now, about what you should be doing right now with your community, and that's going to LinkedIn. So as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business uh, fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screen screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rates uh, LinkedIn number one in delivering qualified uh, hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, now you do. Post your job at the free uh, uh, LinkedIn.com slash LockdownMLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownMLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's terms and conditions that apply with LinkedIn dot com slash locked on MLB post your job for free. We are back. 
on the Lockdown Royals Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We are here discussing playoff baseball. And I really want to dive into this next season of anticipation and hope and try to find the balance. If the Royals don't make the playoffs next year as a disappointment or a failure, no. But if the Royals are 16 games back in the playoffs at this point next year, on August 30th next year, if they're, if they're 13 games back, is it a disappointment? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. So that's where I'm at with this team. That's where that's where my mind goes with this team. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. It can't be as bad as this year. You can't be sitting in May and know that your season is over. You can't be sitting in June and understand these games do not have any consequence wins and loss-wise. But you also don't have that pressure of playoffs or bust. And so that should allow this young team to play very loose and play very together and play you know some fun baseball but also should allow the fans to watch fun baseball. I am hoping that next year looks closer to that 2013 season where, yeah, they don't make the playoffs, and yeah, they finished, what, five, six games out? You know, They were in it till like the last weekend trip to Seattle. You know, sure, that all happened. All right, you didn't make the playoffs and you were five games out or whatever. But watching that team night in, night out, you understood, and that was for the first time in my lifetime, For the first time in my lifetime, you understood that team has potential. That team's going to be good. That team's in the right direction. That team can be a playoff team next year. I want all those things checked off next year at a minimum to consider next year a successful season. So how can the Royals get there? What do they have to do to walk that line, to get to that point um, for their next season? I, I think that with this next year... I, of course, I'm looking for a breakout from Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez. But you're seeing Vinny Pascantino and Nick Prado also come into their own and start to hit the ball really well. And, I mean, Nick Prado, multi-home run game, his last game out. That's big time. I mean, that's just big time. He had a four-hit night. I think that for a long time, the... The kind of view on this rebuild has been about, I think the view on the ship has been about, you know, this is all on the back of the starting pitching. And it is true. Like, they did obviously invest a ton into Daniel Lynch and a ton into Brady Singer and a ton into Chris Bubich and Jackson Coar. And, you know, they, they spent drafts upon drafts and, one entire draft on college pitching. Like, that is just, you know, that is just going to automatically force your hand into um, relying on those stars to get you out of this dark age. But I think that an underrated part has been how good these hitters have looked since they got called up. To where now you have Saldo Perez, Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, Nick Prado, Vinny Pascantino. Mike Massey, Drew Walters, who I think 
can really take pressure off of that stat and can really help you rally and help you win games next year. That's not to mention what happens with Michael A. Taylor this offseason if he sticks around. That's not to mention if, if Alberto Mondesi can break out. It's not to mention if uh, Kyle Isbell, who's the best outfielder in the sport in terms of fielding, can ever come around at the plate. That's not to mention that any other guys getting called up or playing at a high clip. That's not to mention even Nicky Lopez, who's been good. You know, that lineup now goes not only nine deep, but 10, 11, 12 deep of guys who could, you know, feature a breakout. And that's before you do anything this offseason. That's before you make a single trade. That's before you make a single signing. That's before you do any evaluations or any changes to the coaching staff or any changes to uh, philosophy or any changes to anything. That's just that's just if you took this team, picked them up and dropped them into next year, which obviously will not happen. Like you, you obviously will make some changes and be forced into making some changes. And, and hopefully for the Royals, I mean, I think that the Royals are at a point right now where you can afford to supplement this roster. You can afford to go get a quality veteran bullpen arm. You can afford to go get a veteran bat. You can afford to go get a veteran starting pitcher. And those additions will increase your win total. Rather than being a gimmick or rather than being kind of a you know eyewash, the way that signing Carlos Santana was eyewash and um, signing Michael A. Taylor to an extent was eyewash, you know, instead of it being that, it can be legitimately a good tool to improve your win total and improve your outlook. So I think that that's the path. The path is these young guys taking a step forward at, from a lineup standpoint. From a pitching standpoint, the path is Brady Singer duplicating his second half of the season he's had so far. It's, it's Chris Bubich figuring it out to be you know a, a third or fourth guy. It's Daniel Lynch figuring out to be a third or fourth guy. It's John Hazley still being a fourth or fifth guy in your rotation. And then it's somebody taking a step forward, either a Carlos Santana, I mean, I should say a Carlos Hernandez, or a Brad Keller who's in the bullpen now, or Jackson Coar figuring it out, uh, or simply going and signing you know, your version of Jason Vargas this year. I mean, obviously it won't be him, but you know, this team's version of Jason Vargas. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with this team. I think that there is a pathway to the playoffs next year and to be um, this year's Orioles next year. And granted, even so, the Orioles you know, are three games out of the playoffs. So that's where my goal for, for this team is to just be competitive. But I will say, you put that Orioles record in the AL Central, they're a game back of Cleveland for the Central Division. But yet, in the AL East, they're third place. So, I say that to say this. If the Royals can just play to the level of Baltimore this year, they can win this division. They can absolutely win this division. It's obviously hard to project out from now until a year from now because injuries can happen. Transactions are going to happen. But as of right now, the only way that I'll define next season as a success for the Kansas City Royals is if 
they are playing games of consequence in August. Anything short of that, and at that point, it's time to admit this rebuild has failed and just restart from ground zero. You keep Bobby Witt Jr. and Jim Lindez in them, but you get rid of Dayton Moore, you get rid of the entire coaching staff, you get rid of a lot of the players, and you just start from ground zero. Because if you have another season like this, where in May the win-loss record doesn't matter anymore and you know winning games doesn't matter and it's all about development, it's all about just um, chugging along and these games just have no meaning, if you play another season like that, then if you don't blow it up now and start to you know, re- redo this rebuild, then you're losing ground in a hurry and you're just spinning your wheels and you're wasting time. You're wasting valuable time. You only have five more years of Bobby Witt Jr. And so if next year was a disaster, you'd be down to four more years of Bobby Witt Jr. with a rebuild coming. So these things move quicker than we think. It feels like Bobby Witt Jr. will be here forever, right? It feels like he's going he's gonna to always be in Kansas City, but he's only obligated to be in Kansas City for five more years. And so you have to get this stuff turning and get this stuff moving uh, as quick as possible. Especially if you believe in Bobby Witt Jr.'s potential to be a top player in baseball. Because if he's a top player in baseball at the shortstop position, well then folks... Huh, yeah, he, he, he won't be in Kansas City for very long if he is. And he, if he hits the open market as a top player in baseball at the shortstop position, those guys get paid more than Kansas City can afford. So you've got to capitalize in these next five years. And it starts next year, in my opinion. It starts next year as a year in which you need to take a step forward. And I hope it's the playoffs, but at a bare minimum, you have to take that step into game of, games of consequence in August. I want to tell you right now to go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Thank you so much for making Locked On Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. But now we'll check out your second listen, which is the Ultimate Pro Football Preview, an eight-episode extravaganza to get ready for the NFL season. The local team experts at Locked On, plus the betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcast from. That's the ultimate pro uh, preview 2022. Ultimate pro football preview 2022, wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you again so much for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. For your third listen, check out Locked On MLB, the national show around baseball, and on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about Nick Prado's incredible game against the Chicago White Sox and the Royals beating the White Sox yet again. Plus, we're going to outline the um, we're going to outline the week that is ahead of Kansas City after we discussed the, today how the Royals can make the playoffs. So, a lot to get to, a lot to dive into. We'll talk about the future of the Royals a lot over these coming days and until then be good and be good to one another